Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you have your Bibles, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 as we are beginning the book of Corinthians. So if you came here tonight, uh, good night to come. We're just beginning uh, Corinthians and uh, help you. We do a little background when we begin the book. So Corinthians... Uh, the city of Corinth was uh, the capital of the region, and it, the population was about 400,000 people. It was about 40 miles west of Athens, and uh, Corinth had a reputation as uh, uh, a reputation for drunkenness and sexual immorality, and I was trying to think of something to compare it to Las Vegas, American universities. I don't know exactly what would be a good illustration, but uh, but when Plato referred to a woman as a prostitute, he would call her a Corinthian girl instead of a prostitute. So, I mean, just kind of get the idea of what kind of place this was. They had a temple there uh, that was built for the Greek goddess Aphrodite or, or Venus, and uh, they, they had a thousand so-called priestesses, but really they were prostitutes, and that's how they worshiped this God as people would come and pay these prostitutes and worship their God. And so just imagine a town uh, where there's a thousand prostitutes roaming around day and night and people are thinking this is a good way to live life. And in the midst of that is a church right now. Um, I don't know what you feel like the church in America is like now, but um, I mean, it's probably different. You know, I have pastor friends that pastor in San Francisco, and then I have pastor friends that pastor in, you know, Homedale. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a little different depending on where you're at, but, but, you know, it was a very carnal city. And uh, the Apostle Paul started this church in Corinth on his second missionary journey. There in Acts chapter 18, it says, after these, uh, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So Paul went to church every week there in Corinth. In verse 8, Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, when we look at how Paul started this church in Corinth, he went there every Sunday to the Sabbath for a year and a half, teaching the word, and so then uh, the... Uh, ruler of the synagogue gets saved and his family and a lot of people there get saved in Corinth. And so Paul's there for a year and a half. And then uh, Paul went to Ephesus for three years and established a church in Ephesus. And while Paul was in Ephesus, he wrote this letter uh, to the Corinthian church. And he had heard word that there were some problems in the Corinthian church. And so he wrote this letter to the Corinthians as a corrective epistle to correct some problems to the existing church. So when we go through the book of Corinthians, this letter is a letter meant to correct some problems that they had. Now, keep in mind, they're a very carnal city, uh, you know, and, and so he's, he's writing to them about, hey, you know, these things you got to get straightened out. So he starts out in verse 1. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. So uh, in those days when you wrote a letter, you started out uh, by writing who it's from. So it says Paul, that's who it's from. 
uh, and then who it was written to. Now, Paul identifies himself in verse 1 as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And notice it says, says, by the will of God. Paul didn't appoint himself as an apostle. God called him, and those of you who know the Bible, Acts chapter 9, where God called him uh, when he was on the road to Damascus. Paul previously persecuted the church. And so he identifies himself as being called by God. And now he's writing this letter as an apostle uh, to correct some things. Verse 1, where he says, uh, Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to, and this is who it's to, the church of God, which is at Corinth. So this letter is written to the church in Corinth. And, you know, the church means, the word church means the called out ones. And so, you know, when you think about that, what is the church? It's, it's a group of people that God has called out of the world, out of being controlled by sin, to be uh, filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. So it's written to the church, verse uh, 2, when he says, The church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, a called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and and are. So notice he says there, it's, it's written to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ who are called saints. Now, sanctified and saints are variations of the word hagios, which means set apart. So uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there were vessels in the temple that were set apart for temple worship, and they were sanctified. They were set apart exclusively, exclusively for the use of God. So in the New Testament, in the Christian life, we as believers are instruments in the hands of God to be excuse, exclusively used for his purposes, not for the kingdom of darkness. So to be sanctified means to be set apart exclusively for God's use. Now, maybe the first time you hear that, you think that sounds a little weird, but the reality is the Bible teaches you are either living and serving the kingdom of God or living and serving for the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says there's no in-between. For people like me, before I was saved, that say, well, I'm an atheist, and I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in the devil, and I don't believe in any of those things, well, that's just not true. It's either you're living for God, or you're living for the kingdom of darkness. And so uh, we're to be sanctified, set apart for him, and we're to live our lives to glorify him and serve him. In 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul wrote, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So I love that. So Paul says to Timothy that God called each one of us before time began. He had a plan for your life. He created you. There's things for you to do, and he has a plan for your life. And part of that is he gives you a free will. Now, as we're going to look at the church of Corinth, they were doing a lot of things that weren't God's call for their life. And Paul's going to tell them, you got to, you know, get it clear. There's right, there's wrong, and you need to follow God's ways, not the world's ways. Because in the church, even back then, 2,000 years ago, the world came into the church, and the church was living by worldly philosophies. And, and God has called us to be set apart from worldly philosophies. There should be a difference between what a Christian in a Bible-believing church believes and what a worldly person believes, right? I mean, they should be very different. You know, if, if they're the same, then something's wrong. And so in verse 3, he says, Grace to you and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace was a common term used in the Greek culture. Uh, it, it meant keros, which was, uh, you know, may you have a better day than you deserve. That's what grace means. And peace was a Jewish greeting. You all know shalom, right, and, or peace. And so it made the 
peace of God be upon you. And so they're always in that order, grace and peace, because you never can have the peace of God until you experience the grace of God. In Ephesians 2.8, it tells us, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So it is the gift of God that we come to a relationship with him, and then we experience the peace of God. So in verse 4, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus. So notice, God gave the grace, right, uh, through Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. In other words, Paul is saying, I thank God that he saved you by grace and blessed you with spiritual gifts. And so what Paul's getting at is all of this came free to you as a gift from God. Verse 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you uh, come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Corinthian church members had all kinds of spiritual gifts, and uh, they had everything they needed to live a life of godliness, yet they were very carnal. Now this is important to understand because sometimes people think that if you have spiritual gifts, you can speak in tongues, or you can heal somebody, or you have gifts, then you are right with God. But Paul is saying in this epistle to the Corinthian church, just the opposite. See, some people think, if I could speak in tongues, I'd be more spiritual. But the Corinthians could speak in tongues, and yet they were super carnal. In fact, we're going to get to that a guy was sleeping with his, mom, with his dad's wife, and the church was like, oh, that's cool. We're tolerant, right? So Paul's going to say, look, that is a worldly philosophy, not a, not a biblical philosophy. So, uh, so he's saying, look, they have spiritual gifts, yet they're very, very carnal. Now, someone would say, well, Pastor Bob, can a Christian... Be a Christian and be very carnal. Can they do all kinds of carnal things and say they're a Christian? Well, after we get done with 1 Corinthians, then you can answer that question, right? Because they're as carnal as it comes, right? And yet they were believers. Verse 8, it says, uh, who will also confirm you to the end? I love that. He's saying, look, God's going to finish his work in your life, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I love this because Paul starts out with, he knows they're carnal. He knows they're doing all kinds of bad things. And he says, look, God is faithful. Some of the Corinthian Christians were so carnal. I mean, many of us would think, woo, crazy. Can they be a Christian? Yet Paul is saying, you know what? Uh, God is faithful. And God is going to finish the work that he started in you, even though you're quite carnal. Now, this is good news because... uh, you know, maybe you have a relative or a friend and, and you think, man, how could they do that and they're a Christian? Well, God can help them out, right? And in 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. I love that. Even when we don't do what God wants us to do and we stray from the path, God is faithful. He always woos us back. And I'm so thankful that God helped me so much. I mean, he can just do things in your life to help you see things clearly. In Philippians 1, 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that. So Paul opens this letter to this carnal church in Corinthian and says, hey, look at all the stuff God's done for you. Giving you gifts, giving you grace, giving you salvation, and he's going to finish his work in your life. I mean, it's so positive. And, uh, and then he starts out with what the problems are. And the first problem was divisiveness among the believers. Verse 10, He says, now I plead with you, after he tells them, hey, all the good stuff God did for you, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So divisions had developed there in the church at Corinth, and 
we know, you students of the Bible know, that the Bible teaches very clearly that there is one who loves division, and then there is one who loves unity. Now, if I were to ask you, who do you think loves division in the church? The devil, right? The devil loves division in the church because he knows that if he can get the church all preoccupied with fighting about the carpet or whatever other idiotic, stupid thing that the church wants to fight about, fight about, then, then they're not focused on the mission of the church, right? And, but God, on the other hand, hates division in the church, and Paul starts with this. Now, of all the wacko things they were doing in the church of Corinth, he starts with division, right? And uh, there are Christians who think that, uh, you know, doing the work of God includes causing division in a church, right? They're deceived, right? They, because that's not a thing. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, We'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you. May you have a great day. Today is the day you